In 2006, an old man arrived at a hospital with what appeared to be his 19-year-old granddaughter. The girl was deathly ill and her skin was white as a ghost. When the doctors tried to identify the girl, they couldn't find any information on her. It was like she didn't even exist. The doctors called the police and they came in to question her. What the doctors would find out is one of the most shocking and infamous true crime cases of all time. So stick around to the end of this video to find out what I believe is the worst true crime case out there. Welcome to the Truly Terrifying Show, where we discuss everything from real-life monsters to scary stories. We upload one to two times per week, so if that's your cup of tea, give us a follow on your favorite podcast directory so you don't miss an upload. Also, if you could give us a five-star rating, that would seriously help the channel so, so, so much. On today's episode of the show, we've got one of the most shocking and horrifying true crime cases out there. Seriously, this one will scare even the most seasoned true crime veterans. With that, I must warn you, there will be some mature subject matter in this episode, so viewer discretion is advised. One more quick thing, if you want to see pictures or videos from the cases, we upload weekly YouTube videos that show all of those things. We also post some additional content on Instagram and TikTok, so if you want to find us on any of those three sites, just search The Truly Terrifying Show in the search bar. Now on to the show. On August 28, 1984, 18-year-old Elizabeth Fritzel went missing. Her mother, Rosemary, hastily filed a missing persons report, frantic, over the whereabouts of her daughter. For weeks, there was no word from Elizabeth, and her parents were left to assume the worst. Then, out of nowhere, a letter arrived. Elizabeth claimed she had grown tired of her family life and run away. Elizabeth's father, Joseph, told the policeman who came to the house that he had no idea where she would go, but that she had likely joined a religious cult, which was something that she had talked about doing. Her parents were heartbroken. Over the following years, the couple tried to return to normalcy. In this time, Joseph would begin diving into his work as an engineer. He would disappear to his private study in the basement for hours, sometimes spending all night in there. His work seemed to be his coping mechanism, because after a couple years, he seemingly moved on. Rosemary hadn't, though. In 1992, a baby suddenly arrived on their doorstep. On the basket was a note from Elizabeth saying she couldn't take care of the child and that they should watch over it. At this point, Rosemary was both happy and frustrated. At least she was alive, she thought. Two years later, in 1994, another baby would appear in the same manner. And two years after that, another one. The following years were relatively normal. Joseph began traveling more for work, and Rosemary was left to care for the children. In 2008, everything would change. Out of nowhere, one morning Joseph arrived at a hospital alongside a 19-year-old girl. 
He handed the doctors a note from the girl's mother, claiming she was unable to make it, but he was her grandfather. For the next week, police questioned the girl and asked the public for any information on her family. No one came forward as there was no family to speak of. The police eventually grew suspicious of Joseph and reopened the investigation into Elizabeth's disappearance. They began reading the letters that Elizabeth had supposedly been leaving for the Fritzels and began to see inconsistencies in them. On April 26, 2008, a lady walked into the hospital claiming to be the girl's mother. The woman was Elizabeth. She was quickly arrested and taken into custody to be questioned about her daughter's illness. Elizabeth told the police she would tell them everything under one condition. She never wanted to see her father's face ever again. The following is a retelling of Elizabeth's story. The year after Elizabeth was born, Joseph Fritzel was arrested after he followed a woman home from the grocery store and assaulted her at knife point. He was sentenced to 18 months in prison for the crime. By 1972, he had re-entered society and had rebuilt his reputation as an independently wealthy engineer. He began investing in property, buying guest houses, restaurants, and a 40-bedroom, three-story hotel. Joseph made a lot of money for a while, but when business went south, the hotel mysteriously caught fire. Despite this, authorities never proved it was arson or insurance fraud. During this time, Fritzl was known as the perfect family man. Six years later, he started a massive construction project on the basement of their house, claiming he was creating an office to conduct his business. It was then that Fritzl began showing extraordinarily obsessive tendencies around the then 12-year-old Elizabeth. He demanded to know where she was at all times and often spied on her. These behaviors would ultimately escalate. In 1981, Elizabeth started a tourism course out of town and began waiting tables to support herself. This only got under her dad's skin, and added to his obsession. Elizabeth ran away to Vienna on January 28th to escape her increasingly scary and controlling father. Vienna police picked her up and held her until Fritzl made the drive to pick her up himself, as she was technically still a minor. On the drive back, he ominously said, I'll never let you run away again. In May 1984, Elizabeth made the mistake of telling her father she was moving to Linz to live with her sister. A few days later, he asked Elizabeth to join him in the study for a private talk. She did, and when her back was turned to him, he knocked her out with an ether-soaked rag to her face. Elizabeth opened her eyes in the pitch black. Pain coursed through every part of her body as she attempted to steady herself and get off the cold, concrete floor. She was in the cellar her father had built. She tried to get up, 
but was anchored to the floor by chains. She could hear the scurry of rats and roaches nearby. Then, the cellar's lock slowly started to turn. The sound of heavy footsteps drew closer. The lights flicked on, and it was her father. She found herself in a room, with various small hallways leading out of it. Joseph had constructed a maze of rooms and concrete tunnels beneath the house. He then made her write a letter to the family stating she had ran away and joined a cult. Elizabeth had no clue she would end up living in that rodent-infested place with just a bed, toilet, and TV for the next 24 years. For the first couple years, Joseph only came down to give her her food and check on her. After that, the abuse began. As far as Elizabeth was concerned, Joseph was a monster. At the minimum, he would visit her in the basement three times per week. Usually, it was every day. Two years into her captivity, Elizabeth became pregnant, but she miscarried ten weeks into the pregnancy. Two years later, she became pregnant again, this time giving birth to a baby girl named Kirsten. Another two years later, she gave birth to a boy named Stefan. When the births occurred, her father gave her a book on childbirth, a rag, a pair of scissors, and a few wet wipes. Kirsten and Stefan stayed in the cellar with their mother and were brought weekly rations of food and water. Stefan would go on to have horrible back pain and misalignment because he was five foot eight and always had to lean in the cellar. Elizabeth attempted to teach them everything she had learned at school and tried to give them the most normal life she could. The cellar was getting cramped, so Fritzl opened up more space along the rooms and brought in things like a refrigerator, toys, and even a pet goldfish and canary. In August 1992, her third child, Lisa, was born with a heart defect. Unable to survive in the cellar, Fritzl took her, put her in a basket, and left her on the doorstep of their house with a note from Elizabeth. In 1994, Elizabeth gave birth to a girl named Monica. She was also taken upstairs in the same matter as Lisa. Astoundingly, throughout all this, Fritzl was getting financial assistance from the Austrian social services because they failed to look any deeper into the children's origins. In April 1996, Elizabeth gave birth to twins, Michael and Alexander. Michael had horrible breathing problems and passed away shortly after birth. Alexander was taken upstairs in the similar manner of his older sisters. It's crazy to think Rosemary didn't think a thing of three kids randomly showing up on her doorstep. Especially considering there was no sign of Elizabeth whatsoever. Around this time, Fritzl started going on business trips for weeks at a time. He would leave food and water and vitamin supplements for his downstairs family when he was gone. In 2002, 
Elizabeth gave birth to her seventh and last child, a boy named Felix. Fritzl was very fond of Felix. He wanted to get the boy upstairs and effectively integrate both families somehow. To do that, he began planning to release Elizabeth in 2008, around the same time Felix would have to start school. He believed the gaslighting he did on Elizabeth, like telling her there were subterranean gas traps and electrified doors should she try to escape, would be effective enough to deter her from telling the authorities. But before Fritzl could put his plan into motion, 19-year-old Kirsten became deathly ill and almost comatose. All they had in the cellar to treat her vague symptoms was aspirin. Elizabeth begged her father to get medical help for Kirsten, so he decided to take her to the hospital. The doctors were really confused by Kirsten's symptoms, which turned out to be severe vitamin D deficiency. Kirsten had lost most of her teeth and had developed the habit of tearing out her hair in clumps. Joseph left her at the hospital, and when he came back to the house, Elizabeth told him, You're going to take me there, or I will kill myself down here. On April 26, 2008, he released Elizabeth from the cellar for the first time in 24 years. She immediately went to the hospital to see her daughter, where the hospital staff alerted police to her suspicious arrival. The police immediately arrested and began interrogating Elizabeth. Once they promised she would never see her father again, she told them what he had been doing to her for the past 24 years. They immediately arrested Joseph Fritzl and freed the other children from the cellar. She further explained that he was the father of all seven of the children and that he had been abusing her ever since she was 11. Joseph Fritzl doesn't want the world to see his face. What he did for 24 years in the cellar of the family home is all too well known. It was a bizarre spectacle as he was led into the dock. The people are asking if there's an explanation for why you did it, says the reporter. Fritzl remains silent. Fritzl pled not guilty to the crimes including rape, false imprisonment, and deprivation of liberty. Elizabeth and the children, meanwhile, started intense therapy and acclimation to the outside world. Elizabeth also prepared a taped deposition at her father's trial, where no press or members of the public were allowed in. The court's hearing Elizabeth Fritzl's story through videoed interviews, 11 hours of tape deemed so harrowing, the jury will watch it in small chunks. Surprisingly, Elizabeth showed up at the trial and confronted her father, the monster who had terrorized her for the past 24 years. When Fritzl saw his daughter, he allegedly changed his plea to guilty and wept uncontrollably. He was sentenced to life in prison with parole possible after 15 years. Fritzl is said to expect to spend the rest of his life in prison. It's likely he'll take many of his secrets with him. Elizabeth and the children are still undergoing intensive therapy. After you've gone, 
they reportedly suffer intense anxiety and panic attacks from the sound of a door closing or the turning of a lock. Nowadays, they live in a secret location called Village X in Austria. That way, the family can live a normal life supported by the Austrian government, and they can remain relatively free from public scrutiny. On a more positive note, Elizabeth has also reportedly found love in a bodyguard hired by the government to protect her. Thanks again for watching this episode of the show. If you liked it, please give it a 5 star rating, it seriously helps us so much. Also, if you want to see any pictures or videos from this case, go check out our YouTube channel. Also, have you guys seen those really crazy videos of people going in super small caves? Well, that's my biggest fear. So if either my YouTube short or my TikTok get over a million likes, I will face my biggest fear and try going in one of those caves. So if you want to make me do that, just search The Truly Terrifying Show on either TikTok or YouTube. Thanks again for watching, guys. We'll see you next week.